Welcome to another edition of uh, How Valid is the Validity from Nashville, Tennessee. I got my buddy Chad Bearden from the Chad Bearden Band here with me. Say hello, Chad. Hello, Chad. <laughs> what a dork. Yeah. Been Ch- accused of that a time or two. Chad has... Uh, Chad has 60 kids, so every once in a while he just gets around the country and he decided to stay with me tonight here in old Nash Vegas. Wow. <laughs> I just I'm love sorry. coming here. <laughs> Chad, I mean, how have you, I mean, you haven't been affected by the, the coronavirus, have you? Oh, no. I just completely lost my job, locked in the house for three months. Has that been, has that been difficult for you? Which part? Losing my job or... Yeah. Locked in the house. Yeah. I mean, we were having probably our best year ever right in the middle of that. This uh, pandemic decided to happen. Well, I definitely know the feeling. I mean, I started a podcast to take up my time. I I wish I knew how to do that. Also (laughs) wish I knew how to hire people like producer Parker. Well, just get a guy to live next door to you. Give away a radio. Have the guy next door win. And hire him for cheap labor. Parker's here today producing the show. He did a great job last night. We're hoping we can have two in a row. You know, this is just a show where I like to talk about things and introduce you guys to people that I've met over the years. We have a a great guest on today uh, from Deggy Entertainment. He's going to talk to us about the the entertainment industry and how how it's affected that and when maybe we might see a concert again one of these days or, or a sporting event. I guess I've also learned that this past week, which I didn't know, you can't drink Clorox and go out in the sun. I'm not sure if you can do them both at the same time. Is that the point? You can't go outside when you drink Clorox or you can stay inside and drink Clorox. What what it, do you know? I'm still stuck on the uh, Tide Pod things. I thought we were supposed to be eating Tide Pods. Nice. Probably same people. <sighs> same people. This guy, Reaper, this guy's got kids. You know, did you get any money from the government yet, Chad? No, the government gives you money? Yeah. I thought they just took it. Well, I mean, the bottom line is this is all coming to a kind of a head because, you know, now that states are going to open back up or are going to attempt to open back up. You know, I guess I was talking to a buddy of mine that works for Sony the other day, and, you know, he said that they had one of the best months in in April that they've had, uh, that they've had, and... You know, when you really think about it, there's a lot of people that don't need the $1,200 check they're getting in the mail or, or some of the other, you know, and, and then you really think about this, that if you're on unemployment and you're getting 200 bucks a week or whatever the case is, you're getting $600 on top of that. In some cases, people are making more now than they were before. And I mean, that this is an issue, right? But, the, but the thing it is that, you know, these got now there's some expendable income. I don't know if that's the point behind all of it, but. It's definitely happening. People are buying car stereos and they're going to Lowe's. And yeah, I was uh, I was in a bike shop the other day, and the the guys in this it's a local mom and pop bike shop. The guys were telling me they've done more business during this quarantine than they they had ever done. He said he was placing three orders a month for bikes where he might do previously one order every two months. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. Anything that has some sort of something you've been wanting to do for a long time now, I mean, this is the time. 
And I mean, again, people, some people, and I would say a lot of people didn't need $1,200. They could have got by. I mean, it would have sucked, you know, whatever the case is, but they could have got by. And, and now you've got 1200 bucks. You're buying a TV. You're buying a car stereo. You're buying a bike. You're buying, you're buying something. And, and then again, if you're on unemployment and you're used to making 400 bucks a week and now you're making $800 a week, I mean, it's, it's totally interesting. And I mean, the bottom line is, to, to the largest extent, you can't, we've talked about this the last three weeks, you can't put this kind of money out into the economy. Inflation's going to go up. Things are going to cost more. I mean, Nashville is already talking about a 30% tax increase once this thing kind of subsides. I mean, property tax is going to go up. Some of these governments, you know, that got hardest hit, bigger cities, New York, things are going to cost more because more money is out into the system. I mean, that's just how it's going to work. I mean, it's all these different cycles are normal in, in most life, but this is so abnormal. I don't know if anybody could really predict how bad inflation is going to be. I mean, you realize we were watching today that the the World Banks and, and the Federal Reserve, I mean, they write checks with no money in the bank. I mean, they, they just create, whenever they write a check, they create money. And the more money that they put out in every country's finance is backed by their every bank in the world is backed by the U.S. dollar. It's really, you know, we have a segment we're going to get to later that I definitely want to d- dive into that. But I mean, does anybody know how money works? I mean, it is it's really interesting. I mean, it, you know, you, in the 70s, when the gold standard left, I mean, this thing is all faith based. I mean, it, it it's the Bible. I mean, I guess the other thing, too, is when you look up in the sky, planes are still running, too. Yeah, I, I saw on TV yesterday there were flights to New York with full, full people. Like it was full of people. They said the uh, airlines were doing their best to try to leave middle seats open or things like that. They were also giving people protective gear and sanitizing everything and all that. But apparently, people people are still flying. People are still traveling. I mean, I don't think it's very many. I mean, I had a, there's a Southwest pilot I was talking to a few days ago that, that was saying that the manifest for most places in the country are, are slim to none. I mean, the bottom line is too on that is, and I'm sure that, um, <laughs> I'm sure that, that, uh, in, in a lot of cases, airlines do not want to give you a refund. So the big deal, you know, I had, I don't know, probably 30 tickets. And I did get, the only one I got back was my flight to Brazil. I got that as a refund, but I had to get it through my credit card company. But, you know, Southwest is not going to do it. Legally, you're allowed. Legally, if your flight's canceled, you're allowed to get a refund. It doesn't matter if it's been two months. But, I mean, not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people are going to try to call and get through to some of these things right now because it's just too hard. But you can legally get a refund. But the but the airlines don't want to cancel your flights. They'll give you vouchers all day long. And hopefully American Airlines and Delta and some of these people that have change fees out that yanger, you know, some of that will, will disappear. But Yeah, we, we have a uh, American Airlines account, and during the select period, they are reimbursing you for anything on those flights. Um, I, I have a Southwest flight booked for Miami for next month, 
And they've actually changed that flight probably five times already. I guess they're just, you know, putting flights together, dropping some flights, rerouting or whatever. But they've, they've sent me like five emails changing the time of my flights. Right, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't even know how that works. I mean, Dad and Andy are having a conversation right now, you know, Southwest stocks at 29 bucks a share right now. I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, if they're, and as far as that, you know, there's two questions here as far as stock buy. Is it definitely a thing trying to figure out what stocks to buy right now is it is a thing. And I, and we're going to have a financial guy on next week, hopefully to kind of help a little bit in understanding what some of these buys are. If you're not, if you, if you're used to buying individual stocks and not just mutual funds, um, but, you know, do they, Andy says, do you, you know, do you think that they're opening the economy slowly to avoid an economic bubble? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you don't, the avoidance of an economic bubble wouldn't have been writing a $2 trillion check and just throwing it out in the economy. I mean, that, that was a big mistake. And, and you're starting to see that now. You know, the governor of South Dakota, uh, uh, it was a lady governor. I can't, I can't remember. I didn't write her name down, but it's a, you know, she, she did not do a lockdown in that state. And now they're throwing her a parade. Right. I mean, this is some of these cities that did not do the lockdowns that didn't have the problem. Sweden didn't do a lockdown. They did social distancing. And now the WHO is heralding them as a thing. You know, where, where they 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 were a great A to the to this whole situation because, you know, they didn't do the lockdown. And so, I mean, is there something else behind this lockdown? I mean, were we trying, you know, is there a greater hand at play? Because I just don't think that at the end of the day, coming out of all this, we're going to find that this was the way to go and how you put this kind of money out into the economy without any way to, to really deal with it, really put it out correctly. I mean, they had one, one, you know, the first package, the second package, now the third package, you got the AOC clip, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't try to get in the middle of Democrats or Republicans, but, the, you know, AOC is, a, to me, a fascinating person, you know, because I liked politics from such a young age. But this woman, you know, represents, you know, Queens in New York City. I mean, this is a very, you know, you know uh, relatively, I'd say, diverse group of people. And she's, this is her. Play the clip. Gentlewoman from New York is recognized for 30 seconds. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And um, on behalf of my constituents in the Bronx and Queens, New York's 14th congressional district, the most impacted district in America, calling people, losing their families every day. It is a joke when Republicans say that they have urgency around this bill. The only folks that they have urgency around are, are folks like Ruth Chris Steakhouse and Shake Shack. Those are the people getting assistance in this bill. You are not trying to fix this bill for mom and pops. And we have to fight to fund hospitals, fighting to fund testing. That is what we're fighting for in this bill. It is unconscionable. If you had urgency, you would legislate like rent was due the on May 1st and make sure that we include rent and mortgage relief for our constituents. Thank you very much. Members are reminded to direct their comments to the chair. I mean, how is this a political issue, right? I mean, the, the, the issue that she's making is that, you know, and this was a thing with, with Barnes & Noble, Steak Shack, Ruth Chris. There's been 
countless other companies, I think even Olive Garden, that got millions of dollars that shouldn't have got it, and they started to give it back when somebody found out about it. But how, these are the people that passed the bill. They didn't even know what was in it. It was like the health care bill a couple of years ago with the Obama. You know, it's just it's so big, we're going to have to pass it to see what's in it. And they're, 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 what could you have done with the time that they're arguing about this crap? You're the one that passed the bill. Republicans are the ones that passed this bill. And and they just pass it. And and you don't think that people are going to try to take advantage of the situation? Are you out of your fucking mind? I mean, it's just like, you don't think somebody's going to take advantage of this situation? There aren't businesses that aren't going to not, not try to get the money? Because the regulations in the beginning, if you applied for these loans in the beginning, you there was no regulations. It took them two weeks almost two weeks to get the, the economic disaster relief down to where it was going to be $1,000 an employee and you could only have so I mean, they, they all started changing and changing. If you got in before any of that stuff happened, maybe like a Ruth Chris or a Steak and Shake or whatever the case is, so what? You were just doing what you were doing. Um, by the way, just to let you know that the governor's name is Christy Noam. Christy Noam, South Dakota. I mean, South Dakota... Not very many people think about it. I mean, let's just be honest. So, I mean, and and most people, if you've ever been there, Bismarck, right? It's about, I think it's the biggest city. Or is that North Dakota? That's North Dakota. Who, what's the big city in South Dakota? Jeez, uh, I don't even know if there is one. But if you look at a map, I mean, it's one city and then there's no, nothing. So, I mean, that's a little far-fetched, right, to say that oh, the person that the governor of South Dakota is getting a parade because she didn't do a lockdown. I mean, you, that, that state's already kind of locked down. Montana never did it. I mean, they're already in the same boat. I mean, there's only a few handful of, of quote unquote big cities and the rest of the state is very spread out. And, and so isn't the population. I mean, I'm just upset, not so much about the money, but I mean, when I call somebody and they don't answer the damn phone, what are you doing? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you now, how in today's situation, do you call somebody and they don't answer the phone or don't text you back in a reasonable amount of time? Yeah. Let's, I, I, I get the, uh, I get the, I'll call somebody and I'll get a text back. What's up? Why can't you just, this would go a lot faster. You would waste less of my time. <laughs> if you would answer the phone, let me have a 15 second conversation. We can all go on about our day. Instead, I got to spend 30 minutes topping out 18 replies to your, okay, why? Didn't the governor just turn away the uh, the medical ship? Said they didn't. Yeah, in New York. You know, I, I, I mean, China builds, there's, you know, if I spent, I spent 25 minutes understanding the WHO, just trying to get a, a a brief overview of what this is, because like the United Nations, the WHO is of all countries in the world, except for Taiwan, because of the Chinese. But that you know, whatever. Point being is that what a mess. I mean, this Tedros, the general of the WHO, was the minister of health and. Ethiopia, that's where he's from. China, for the last 15 years, has put more money into Ethiopia. They own 58% of Ethiopia's debt, and they continue to put more and more money into Ethiopia. 
it, how do you how do you have a fair situation, a fair and balanced situation? Not to coin a turn a phrase, but for for, a, for the 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 main person of the WHO, the one that's you know that praised China after all this had happened, even though that China you know didn't say anything, even though they had a case in November, they didn't say anything until the end of December, and this guy's making cover. Yeah, he's covering it up. How do you not? I mean, the, the United States federal government puts almost a billion dollars in, in the World Health Organization. China is second, with a close second. I don't even know how, you can't even care, right? I mean, how do you, even if you see something that bothers you, even if you see something that, that makes you uncomfortable or your skin crawl, what can you do about it? Especially on the world platform. It's not like you can elect a new, a new senator. You know, we have a representative. I mean, and, and that's it. You know, it, but what, what, what are you supposed to do if you, if you see something or feel, you know, anything. When it comes to the federal government, it's such an enigma. It's such a black hole that you just feel helpless. You throw up your arms and you just say, I, as long as you're not hurting me or taking all my money, then I'm just, and let me go do what I'm doing and I, I, I'll leave you alone. That's what it feels like. In this case, I mean, you know, this this is never ending. You always hear these stories. You know, China's going in now into South America and Central America and, and buying up like they did here, property and business and, you know, I mean, is it just a world takeover situation? Is this, is this one way to do it? Was, was this way? Because, I mean, can we deal like, we can't deal with this problem again, right? I mean, if it happens in the fall and people start getting sick again, you can't do this again, right? I mean, Chad, I mean, am I, I wrong? I, I don't know how our economy could survive another shutdown. Um, you know, when you when you start looking, I guess I never thought before this about the massive amount of people who are like us, who are self-employed or who are contract labor or who, you know, it, it affects um, in such a large scale way. And then I, I don't know how much we've learned through this process about how to deal with that either. Um, but it, it seems to me that the effects that this is having on the economy, not to take away from those who have lost their lives to, to this virus, which is a very real and sad thing. Um, and I'll stop you right there for a second. 94%, they're saying 94% of the people that have died from this had underlying conditions. Right. Uh, which which is w- what I was going to say. It, there's there's always going to be something next. I mean, we've dealt with this almost every year, right? I mean, it was the swine flu. It was, you know, all, all these different things. I mean, this is the first time in my lifetime that I can remember something being labeled a pandemic. But, you know, it, there's, there's going to be something else that comes along. And, uh, you know, uh, our response to that, what have we learned in this time? How do we combat that? Is, is shutting the, the 
the country down better than the I, there's no the way itself. I, I mean i think that i think that we're seeing that right now by these states trying to open up i mean what what there's how many states right now 17 maybe that are that are trying to trying to open up I, i'm i was just looking at tennessee i, I think tennessee that they're not going to open up nashville right so davidson County's not okay. part of this Right, so the, the the council here apparently is saying even though the governor is lifting at least some of the restrictions of his safer-at-home order and, um, and opening things back up, they're going to choose locally to, uh, to go a more strict and, and kind of keep that in place for Davidson County. And I mean, I, I, I guess, I, I, guess I understand that. Put the phone number up, would you, Park? I guess I understand that to some extent. I mean... Here's the biggest question. If you opened up Nashville right now or any big city, are people really going to just start flooding in and trying to get on top of each other to get into places? I mean, I just, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe, I don't think people are going to start flying immediately or getting on public transportation. I don't think anybody's going to just go out there and blow it out, you know, like it never happened. So, I mean, I, I think those people that are, are doing it regardless that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't see a slowdown in traffic. I'm not seeing a you know, you know, you do there is a there is a slowdown with the busier times, but it's pretty steady. I mean, things are pretty freaking steady. Well, you can go to Lowe's any day. Of oh, the I know, we've talked about this. There's eight thousand people in Lowe's. Um, I saw something the other day also it, comparing the numbers of the amount of people it takes to keep open a Walmart. And you think about that number and multiply that by every Walmart there is across the United States. Not many, I mean. But they're saying, I, I think the numbers roughly, you know, where, where it's, it's you're looking at 39, 40 people at a time to keep a Walmart open and running. Well, you're not, you're not going to have that many people in a mom and pop clothing shop. At, at a boutique well no i mean and, and not only that are... right and so and the bars can't play live music and everybody's got i mean this is not going to this is not you know they've like we talked about before they've already canceled cma fest so i mean you know and this is one thing i want to talk to ari about ari tonight is you know these these shows are done this year we're done so i mean right now we're really talking about Maybe some. Re- I think that restaurants that are already doing curbside stuff are going to continue to do that. I don't see people like all of a sudden wanting to go in. You know, and there'll be there'll be lines out the door. I guess, right? I mean, I just don't see that being a thing. I mean, I could be wrong. And bigger cities like Nashville that is still tourist places. I mean, right now is the time to fly. To be honest with you, I mean, there's nobody going to be on the. I was going to tell you earlier, on the flight. I got an email from. Uh, frontier where they were doing one penny flats. I'm gonna tell you something right now. Those guys would have to pay me. I took a flight, a Frontier flight one time, and if you work for these guys, I apologize because I mean jobs are jobs. But my God, it reminded me of what the guy must have felt like that was in my Fisher Price car. <laughs> What's when we did that show in Denver last year? Somehow, my guitar player and I ended up on a 6 a.m. Frontier flight to Denver. And uh, that's your own fault. You you were I have to be out there. I have to be out there early or whatever. I didn't say I had to be on a frontier flight. You didn't bother me. I was paying for the tickets. So, I mean, I I was fine with that. But it was like uh, I felt like I was riding in the uh, Paradise Park version of a airplane. 
It was like a fold-out chair bolted to the floor. I mean, the bo- the bottom line is this is happening. You know, the the the, the Texas, Vermont, Tennessee, uh, I say parts of what do we got here? Alaska, Colorado, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Minnesota, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. Right now are the states that are going to try to start to open back up. And I mean, you know, those some of those a lot of those states are bigger states with not a bigger population. So, uh, as far as landmass is concerned, for sure. So, I mean, and that makes sense, you know, but. You got I <laughs> God play the Kardashian clip. Watching this stuff, and I don't mean to use two. I had two ladies here on these on these clips. I'll make up for it next week by having only dudes. But I mean, I went through and tried to find the you know because people listen to celebrities and people listen to you know these. Don't ask me why, but I mean, when you got a house that's worth ten million bucks. It's its own shopping center. I mean, you, you, it, it, nothing like this exists, but this is the kind of situation. These are the people. God, this is... Hey, something. guys. So today is the first day that I'm having someone from the outside come in to my home. It's my mom, social distancing, and we are sitting six feet apart, having lunch together. We went on a walk six feet apart, and it really... Um, did make a difference to get out we just went in our backyard and um now that it's not raining but i just want you guys right, to still right. be encouraged Jesus. at social oh god what did you how'd you open the door i mean how do you open the door is it like is she like a vampire just kind of puts her arms together and the door opens up and she slides back six feet i don't what know what the hell i didn't know you could have a one minute and 55 second video on twitter I'm pretty sure she could do whatever she wants. But, I mean, the bottom line is, what the hell? They're sitting. Did she? I think she measured it out, probably. She probably got a, her foot's probably 12 inches long. And and so, they, and they measured it out. Like, how, I mean, she's in the house. This is not, and this is just one clip that I found. I just, I always just enjoy the whole, like, um, you know, that kind of stuff. It just, it just takes me back. To, to high school. Hey, I did have a question for you on Please. The, uh, the openings. Are you seeing any other cities um, doing what Nashville's doing, where the state is opening back up, but the city is still being restricted? The state's open back up, but the city's being restricted? Uh, ha- like how Nashville's doing. Yeah, like I mean, I, I, right. So all these cities, and you can go through, um, There, there's a great article on mymag.com that's kind of that kind of gave the stipulations for every state that's trying to open, and you got to remember that a state is not going to, even though the, the the state law supersedes local law, they're not going to come down on a mayor that that says no, we're not going to open salons this week, even though the state said it was okay. Now, I mean, you're going to be dealing with a fight. I mean, right now there's already a litany of lawsuits that states and local governments are filing against the states and the federal government. Isn't the AG actually filing, the, the the Attorney General for the United States, isn't he filing lawsuits? I mean, he's filing lawsuits, I would imagine, against China. I mean, there's there's already three lawsuits against China. I, I thought I saw an article where he was he was filing lawsuits saying that it was 
that some states were going too far and it was unconstitutional for them to go as far as they had gone. Oh, that I mean, that's absolutely possible. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There is, when you get down, systematically get down to every, every city, every municipality, every mayor, every governor, every, you have no idea what, what's, what can happen, what's going on. I mean, it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting because this is, you, you're not, the number one thing is people are going to be looking for compensation and where's that going to come from? Right. I mean, where does that, where does that, that come from? Well, we can hold off on, on, I mean, we can talk about this all day long. I mean, it does, uh, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the most mind boggling part of it all is that things are going to cost a lot more. So if you did get $1,200 and, and $1,200 is what it's worth now, in a year from now, it's going to be worth about half of that, maybe a little more, but it's going to happen. You can't do this. And I don't even know understand what are you putting people back to work with? I mean, again, unemployment is paying over $800 in some cases a week. You know, and that's the other thing, too. Um, when you go to these stores, I know up until about a week ago, I, Kroger's, everybody in that store was not wearing a mask. Nobody was wearing a mask. Shouldn't all those people be dead already? I mean, it, it's, it, you know, I didn't see people wearing masks at Target, at, at Walmart when I went. I mean, at Kroger's. I mean, I, I don't, I can't imagine I'm the only one. No, I, I think, I mean, obviously every company has its own, um, own policy and all that. Um, I know I, I obviously have insight into particular grocery stores, but um, I think, you know, I've seen that the, the plexiglass, the signage, all that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I, well, I when I was in Target in in North Carolina last week, and their whole staff is wearing masks. I don't know if it's that particular. I mean, I think I think it's board. I think it's happening now. I think that everybody's wearing masks now. But my point is, I mean, we're is it is it too late now? I mean, I, I, you know, it just none of this makes any freaking sense. None of it makes any sense. From the now the WHO is is again t- saying that Sweden was the one that they th- they're the one that that's making everybody you know need they need to people need to resemble that situation. But first it was China, you know, when they were building China built two freaking huge hospitals in in two weeks, and nobody was in them. Can you bring this up, Parker? Where where's he at? I know I know he's in there somewhere. What are you doing over there? Did, were you sleeping? Turn on your mic. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody, this guy has been in the industry since he was 20 years old. I think he's going on 100 now, maybe. I don't know. Not That isn't, that isn't true. But it, uh, his name is uh, Ari Nesman, and he's with Diggy Entertainment. Um. You know, and I kind of just want, I kind of wanted to have him on just because I know that everybody, you know, what what are you going to do when, when this stuff starts to subside? And, 
and you still can't go to a baseball game or a football game or a basketball game or you can't go to a concert or what are you going what are you going to do with you know is 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 the social activity the most important part or is it getting to the salon or your attorney's office or is you know people having court and all that kind of fun stuff you know i don't i, I because the entertainment industry is is screwed I mean, there's no movies getting made. There's no music. I guess to some extent, Chad, right? I mean, you can still make music right now. I mean, people are still in studios, yeah, aren't they? I mean, I, mean I, I think it's, I mean, I was in the studio last week, but it was me and a producer, and we were never even close to each other. But um, So, uh, I mean, I, I think there's technically being music made, but I, I don't think you could ever replace the feel of an actual live show. Um, did you uh, did you see uh, where ESPN is showing the uh, the Baltimore Orioles game from a couple of years ago where there were no fans? Do you remember that when the riots were going on in Boston? Uh, not Boston, excuse me, in Baltimore. So they played the game and didn't allow any fans. I didn't see that, but they've they've shut down. Hey, he's in the waiting room. Can you open him up? Go down, go down at the bottom. I think I haven't seen. So are they? Are they? I guess they're talking about what it would be like if these sporting events happened, but no fans were allowed to be there, if there were no crowds. So they they were showing clips from that game, that one game they played where uh, they didn't allow any fans inside the the Orioles stadium for that game. Um, Well, I mean. And you could hear everything that happened. We're trying to get him. We're trying to get him. Somebody was telling me the other day that they're having uh, like WWE still with no fans, and you can hear them like talk to each other during the during the match. I haven't watched it. I don't know that. Somebody told me that. Let me have this real quick. So, there, but baseball's done, right? Well, they're still they're not <clears throat> ruling it out. Uh, the last that I was reading earlier today, and they're still pushing to. To have a season, I think if it, there is a season, it'll be an abbreviated season. There he is. Is he? Is he there? There he is. Ah, there he is. The man, the myth, the legend. I am here. <laughs> I was here. I've been here. No, I know it's our fault. We that that was a that was a that was a trick trying to get you in there. I don't I don't know what happened. Well, I, pre- I never miss bus call. I, I I love you. I appreciate it. How are you, sir? Just another day in paradise. I'd ask how this has affected you, but I I think everybody knows already. It's it's been a how, how have you managed? I know the last time I talked to you that you were trying to figure out how to deal with all the contracts and how things were going to go. How how is some of this working out for you? First couple of days, you start by triaging shows, and we had about 700 that were affected in the first three months off the bat. So you try and uh, get your hands around that, get your head out of the cloud for a minute, and then once you step back from it and realize that there isn't anything you can do and you got to toggle to the next thing, that's where our brain started to get creative and we started to move to the next level, and I think we've done that over the last couple of weeks. So how much of that has been using, you know, these platforms like this to to kind of get some things done? 
Yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's really been on our own Deggy platform. I had to challenge my operations team to get creative, to learn Zoom like masters really quickly, to learn how to push stream keys to Facebook, to learn on platforms, to learn how to produce shows in a special and a unique way that we had never done before. I mean, you know, booking a concert and, and putting together a stadium show is quite candidly like riding a bike for us. But getting in a Zoom room and figuring out how not to do the wrong thing is a completely new task. So we had to learn it, but uh, we're doing, I think, some good shows really well now. We're getting a lot of eyeballs on platforms that we've uh, developed over the last couple of weeks. We've put together a cool Friday night show where we've added tons of headliners um, to be able to play and showcase style and use, you know, that platform as a way to show our buyers good talent that they can either book virtually or in the live space when we get back out of the fog. And those things have helped us to start to re-monetize in a new way that we hadn't done before. So, I mean, from your perspective, as, as much as you can look forward, I mean, when do you see this, any kind of normalcy or getting back into a big, I mean, when, when do you, are, is anybody telling you things? Or are you hearing anything when you can start planning on trying to do a concert again? Yeah, I mean, well, I talk to agents, you know, every day and managers every day, multiple times a day from all specters of the of the music uh, business. And everybody's got differing opinions. The problem is it doesn't matter what anybody's opinions are right now. We're going to have to go with, you know, the, I hate to be cliche, but the virus will probably determine the timeline sure. and everybody's, you know, personal uh quarantine and and listening will probably determine the length of this timeline uh realistically you can probably start to do concerts in a um in a different and a unique and a social distance way in a couple of months but that isn't going to fill the the buildings the way promoters need to that's not going to fill festival spaces the way coachella and and bonnaroo and others need to and so you know, regardless of that piece of things, you then also have to take all the other factors. You're going to have to take in the radius clauses of too many shows in a tight amount of time where they start to bounce each other out and cross over each other. You're going to have to take in discretionary income into the conversation and how many people are able to, you know, spend money on tickets, not just on tickets. People travel to bands. People have to be willing to, you know, stay in a hotel and pay that money or take a, a flight to go somewhere. How you know willing are people going to be around other people sitting in a theater or in an arena or whatever the case may be? All these play into probably the you know startup level of what people can do. Fortunately, we work in you know a space with college and military mainly, and uh, certainly we have some other related stuff. But um, those might be able to social distance a little bit better um, because they're not driven by tickets and ticket sales. I think that the most difficult thing here will be for the bigger promoters and the bigger shows who have to contend with this entire myriad of stuff all in one shot to try and go back and do business the way they did again. And I don't think they're going to be able to for a while. So these these states that are, are, are thinking about opening up now, I mean, are these states that you're looking at, you, you know, as potentially the first ones to start working with, you know, sooner? I, I, I don't I don't know if it's it's that I'll be ready to work with them because they're opening up sooner or because they're going to set themselves back and it's actually going to make it more complicated down the road. I don't know yet. What I will tell you is, you know, we have a big July 2nd show at the Army base at Fort Gordon in Georgia. 
uh, out in Augusta and Georgia, of course, has you know, decided to open itself up and do business. What does that mean? I don't know what it means for two, three months from now, but if we can, you know, push that show back, I probably have a better likelihood of it playing and we're exploring that right now. So, you know, just because states are opening up doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be in a race to open up social gatherings and concerts quicker. What we're doing is we're trying to manage to the doomsday scenario, which is how do you do it for five people or 10 people or 20 people or 50 people and doing it for 500, 1,000, 2,000 is easy. That's what we sometimes do. So how do you social distance events if they bring capacities down to an extremely low level? Or for that matter, if we remain not being able to do concerts for a while because of those capacity levels, how can we do it better and still be able to create that experience online? So I don't know that any race for a state to get open is necessarily going to be the barometer towards me doing a concert gotcha. quicker in that state. Hey, Parker, can you uh, put put his name on the screen for me? We're talking to Ari Nesman with Deggy Entertainment, um, a booking agency that I've got the pleasure to know over the last year and, and uh, brought him on to kind of talk about the entertainment industry. And I mean, it's something that people are thinking about because obviously, you know, a lot of what we do going outside of is, you know, when you're eating out, you're going to a game, you're going to a concert, you're doing something, right? And Obviously, those things, even though the states are opening up, those things are not really going to be something that happens. Nashville, for instance, and I, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you can give much insight on this, but are you are you finding a lot of places where these that are opening up but are, are similar to Davidson County in the sense that they're not letting it, you know, the bigger cities open up where probably a lot of the venues are? I mean, is that is that normal I mean, look even 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 if we start opening and look i'm in in south florida and this morning they started to open up tennis courts for single play public pools which i don't necessarily understand how that came about golf courses um and and some of the public related stuff they have not started to allow restaurants to open where they could social distance people even if the bars open up bars are not necessarily going to be a place that are conducive for music shows and artists to not only go on and be on a cramped stage, but also to have people sitting at table one, table five, table nine and 14. And that's all you can put in the venue, because quite candidly, I don't know that it's going to be really a benefit other than to if the artists want to play for free to bring back money from ticketed shows and things like that until you can get enough capacity up there to really pay the guarantees and the money that you're putting out there. You also have the situation that just because we can go out, you don't know that people are going to want to go out in that setting quite yet. Yeah, we all need music. And yes, we all need to feel like we can get out of the house probably and go do something again. But that sense of normalcy is not going to be there for a while. And how comfortable comfortable is everybody sitting in in a mask if it's required to be sitting in a concert with a mask on in a hot place where you want to drink a beer or have, you know, a beverage? And are you allowed to take your mask right, off to yeah. drink a beer? I don't know what the answer is yet. And I don't think anybody does. Mask with straws. I think you just created another business. Uh, you know, do you see, and I, you know, me personally, we've been doing shows on Facebook and, and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I've kind of taken this to a whole nother level. I mean, not, you know, I've been very fortunate to be able to do that, to buy stuff that I needed or whatever. I mean, do, do you see maybe, 
where these kind of things don't end. And, and you know, I can't imagine the overhead's got to be smaller. You can work on smaller margins, still make around the same amount of money, right? Uh, overall, I mean, this is maybe a good thing entertainment-wise, potentially. It's not going to take away from live concerts, right? I mean, I get that, but, I mean, do you see no, this? I mean, look, you, you can't get the direct feedback, the energy, the the back and forth that you do in a real-life setting. You can't sit there and socialize with five friends to your left and right having a beer like you do in a social setting. Um, but I do think that there's a place for the virtual concert or the virtual event going forward that extends beyond the end of this fog. I think what this has shown us the same way it's shown the college industry and possibly high schools, middle schools, that they can virtually teach if they need to, and that there is potentially a place for that down the road. Look, don't think that, uh, you know, the University of Phoenix and DeVry and some of these other online colleges learned that years ago, right? And they made their business on it. Now every other college in the United States simply had to catch up in the last five weeks sure, to what true. they've been doing for years. Yep. And so <laughs> similarly, I think in the concert space, you had guys like Steve Aoki, who's been on Twitch for a substantial period in time. In fact, if you go to Twitch, you'll see most of those DJs who don't surprisingly have setups they just bought in the last week or five weeks off VNH Photo or Amazon, where you could barely get the stuff that's available. You have guys that have been doing this for a substantial period of time, the marshmallows and a lot of the EDM artists and such. And, you know, they learned that before this whole thing hit. There was a business to be had by being online and giving virtual concerts. And I think there are going to be lots of musicians that come out on the end of this and say, you know what, this this is an interesting way <laughs> to go about connecting with my fan base. And, you know, we have taken it, taken it a little further. Our Friday night concerts that we're running, which are showcase style, it's three artists from Hunter Hayes, three, you know, three songs from Hunter Hayes, three songs from Thompson Square, three songs from Vertical Horizon. And then what we do is we cut out the Facebook feed and we bring a certain number of people backstage, we call it backstage, but to our virtual backstage where we do a VIP experience with a Q&A. We've figured out how to do a virtual meet and greet with a photo op sliding people into the screen with a skin around it to make it personalized. So if you can recreate some of these things that we are used to in the real world and take them into the virtual space and do them well, I think there's a place for this thing to exist past the fog. Do you remember when when uh, it's been five or six years ago? Was it Stage It? Is it because it Stage It's still around? Correct. I mean, Stage It, Cameo, all these you know platforms that were you know who knows what they were until about four or five weeks ago. I mean, are are these platforms that are are you have you used them or or did you guys start something totally different? Yeah, we 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 decided to go our own route because I, you know, while we could put our own artists that we represent through it, the majority of the business that we do is buying major talent, um, you know, and really serving as the buyer to the U.S. military bases, the colleges, the corporations, the big private galas and so forth who hire us to book the major artists and put together the entire event. And that wouldn't be able to, you know, I'm not going to get Maroon 5 like I would book them for a gala and ask Adam to go on and do a Stage It show for me. Sure. Um, so Stage It's been around for a while. There's a new one called Topeka that's run by a very successful business uh, fellow who I like, Andy Levine, uh, who started the Rock Boat and, and many other uh, platforms. So that's been great all, all there are a lot of you know these new things that are out there i think that they're a place for artists to do ticketed shows 
And I think there's a way for them to not necessarily do the Venmo tip jar and the other things that you're seeing pop up on Facebook Live. Um, you know, these allow you to get ticketed, longer shows, bring in some revenue in a different way, recreate the experience. They can do a meet and greet out of it. They can do a Q&A out of it. Um, there's a, you know, a scrape from those platforms that take it back, which is why they're able to exist. I just didn't see myself right now um, doing anything that required the fan, uh, the music fan to come out monetarily. And I, I went to my own artist and did the same thing. I said, look, these people are going through losing their jobs the same way you are as musicians. These people are not going to have the discretionary money. And it didn't look like that early on, right? Those first couple of weeks, it looked like it was the music industry and bartenders and folks like that. It didn't look like everybody was going to be affected. So it's easy to get out in those first couple of days or weeks and say, here I am. I'm a struggling musician. Here's right, my venue, right. Venmo That's tip right. jar. You know, come and get it, right? It's a little bit harder to sell that now while everybody's on unemployment and everybody's out of work and everybody's having a tough time. And so I just, from the start, we said everything we're doing as a company is going to be free. My artists can do what they want and they've got to feed their you know, families and, and pay their rent. But we were going to start a platform where we could deliver a lots and lots of free content to our buyers and the people who give us money in good times. We're going to actually repay them with free content in these tough times. And I think that that's paid off for us as a company. And, and that's very interesting because, I mean, obviously, I lost all my obviously work to the end of the year, at least. And do you ever see a possibility to. Right. The issue is if you put out a concert that everybody can see at one time, you can only do that once once in a while. Right. Are there platforms or the ability that somebody or you have looked into where you, you could only show shows online in specific markets, just like if they, if they were actually going into that market? I mean, is this something that you, you understand what I'm saying? So you could actually have yeah. a tour from a, a studio you could still do a tour and, and you would be going to these cities just like if you were on a bus. I mean, is that something yeah, I, that I, I, I think you can, you know, you can do that through um, fake Facebook streams, right? Where you sell tickets to one thing, you have to have a password to use it. Look, we've all been part of events before, like VIP events, sometimes where you had to go online in the past and one click got you in and you couldn't share it with anyone else. You know, you can do things like that. There, there's lots of ways and workarounds to do this. You can get into that Topeka platform or stage it platform and say, you know, this is Salt Lake City tonight and I'm selling tickets for my Salt Lake City show. And those are the people that are coming in. I'm not sure really what the true benefit is. In it. You know, if you want to tell somebody you can't have a ticket for this show, you better make it very Salt Lake City centric, if you will. Right. You better know everything about the mountains and the snow and everything to make it personalized to them. If that's the only group of people that you want in the room. To me, it's more interesting if you can continue to come up perhaps with, you know, unique, different shows, you know, come up with different themes to shows come up with something where you can bring people back and they're not seeing the same thing again and again. You know, you're somebody who has a very extensive catalog because you can play just about every you know song under the sun 
from doing the types of shows you do. There are some artists who have very limited catalogs, and if they were going to go up there three nights a week, they'd play the same damn thing, but in a different order, right. and you'd be like, okay, it's old now, two weeks in. Right. So I, I think really being online for a long period of time will benefit those who can really think outside the box and get creative <laughs> with the content that they're putting out there rather than maybe touring it, you know, regionally or putting on a show specifically for one group or another. I think that just the fresher you can do something with your shows, the more reason that you have not just those initial people to come back, but hopefully new people from new places who say that's cool and I'll join on board. Isn't that how we grow a fan base, right? right. They keep coming on top of each other. So I mean that, that, that it's it's very interesting. I mean, uh, people like you and and you've definitely seen other businesses. We talked about it last week. You know, other businesses that are finding out they've they've maybe found a new form of income or a new way to do business. I mean, it's and and some people that haven't had time to maybe do something they've always wanted are doing it now. It's it's very very freaking interesting. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about what you do. And uh, and I hope that I get to work with you one of these days. Uh, you know, it'd be, yeah. I mean, look. We're, we're, we're all figuring out this whole thing together. <laughs> sure. Um, right. I, I, uh, I was on my way flying to a major arena concert uh, that we were doing for the military out in White Sands, New Mexico. When I found out the news, I was literally in Vegas. I turned around. I got on a plane and got home. I sat there and sulked for three days in denial and said, we better figure something out. Otherwise, I'm waiting until this thing happens. And so. We figured it out along the way. I think we've now developed a platform for this Friday night live concert series that's working. We had 28,000 viewers last week. Uh, we picked up a TV deal this week on it. We've got executives from major companies who called this week to say, can we see how you did that? Not just to see the artists on the show, which right. my goal was to drive business to the artists, but to even just see the platform of how they could throw their concerts because they may be doing things virtually for a while. So we're all learning this thing along the way. The whole thing is weird and ridiculous, but <laughs> um, you know, people still need music. People still need artists. People still need us. Um, and at some point, this will be over. It may look a little different. It will be over and we'll have the opportunity to go back to the old way at some point again, maybe in a new normal but music will come back and the music industry will come back. All right. I appreciate it. Ari Nesman from Deggy Entertainment. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you very much. Take care. You bet, you buddy. Yes, sir. You bet. All right. I mean, there it is. I mean, that's that was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, pretty informative, honestly. So I, I, had, a, I had a question that we didn't get to ask. Obviously, we're limited on time and it's your show, not mine. But um, it. it I don't know if you can speak to this or if you've talked to anybody who can. Do you know how this is affecting um, radio and and artists pushing singles to radio or in, anything like that? Um, typically, if if you were going to push a single, you, you tour to promote the single, or you, you know, especially as a new artist. I mean, I guess it's a little easier if you're Adam Levine or if you're Blake Shelton or whoever you are. But you know, if you're a a brand new artist breaking in trying to push a single right now, well, I mean. You listen to country radio. I mean, what have you heard? Well, I, I don't listen to the radio. And that's and that's my other thing is, I mean, obviously, it seems like there would be re less people listening to the radio because you're not in your car as much. You're, you know, essentially at home. Do you listen to the radio at home? Or, you, I mean, are you listening to Spotify or whatever because you're at home? So, so how much effect is that having on radio? I don't, I mean, I, I think you just, I think you answered your own question in the sense that you can't tour, you can't go out, you can't promote. I mean, these, these songs, 
just like James Bond went from being, you know, premiered in April to, to August now. I mean, all that's happening. So everybody's holding off and artists aren't doing anything because you can't go out and promote it. I mean, Dustin's a prime example, right? I mean, he, he had a single that he just had. I, I promise you they wouldn't have put out had they known this was going to be like this. Right. And so I guess that's just, that's my question right now is if for those people who did put out a single or, you know, ha- I don't, I, it's just the nerd side of me, I guess, of how is that working for, for, for radio who, you know, you have a top 40 countdown every week. How's that working? You know I, I, I mean, I know it's, it's not working. And I, I mean, the fact that you can't even go into work, you know, radio stations are some of the radio stations that I've listened to WLS out of Chicago. I listen to quite often and they're just playing eighties yacht rock now, you know, I mean, because nobody's going into work. Right. Which is really fascinating to me because a lot of the jocks and stuff, you know, for instance, uh, Shapiro's on that station and he's doing his from home. I mean, most people, most jocks could do their, their stuff from home. And I, I hate to call them jocks because, I mean, they don't play music. But point being is that station is playing, is just playing music. It's a talk radio station. Right. Well, I, I, I have seen where, like Bobby Bones in particular, and I only know this because I saw it on social media, where they're doing their show, kind of how you're doing this, like Zoom, you know, everybody's in their own home, everybody from his show, but, and obviously it's a lot more talking than it is music, but it seems like there probably still is some music. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I think that some people it doesn't affect to it to, to the same. Everybody has different degrees, but as a new artist, you're probably not putting out. You know, I would say people that have, have that have a foothold could do whatever they want. People right. that are trying to get a foothold probably are holding back until they figure out what's going on. Not to harp, not to keep continuing on coronavirus, but I mean, I guess it is the forefront to to everything. I, I, you know, there there was, I think, music industry was definitely hit harder than anybody else chad for the sheer fact that we lost everything for months and months out it's not like they opened stuff back up and we're able to go back to work as a musician i mean right even still uh, you talk about venue just on a small scale like bars for instance here in nashville they're gonna open those places up at i think half capacity of whatever normal is but you're not allowed to have live music in it so i mean the bright side is at least, you know, our friends in the service industry are, are getting to go back to work, those bartenders and barbacks and those guys. So that that's great for them. But we're still kind of left in the unknown in what they call phase four. Um, we're, so but we're not it, in phase four, right? I mean, that we're in, we're in barely in phase one, correct? Right. Now, I'm saying like that we, they're – having live music back is in phase four they just started phase one so you got to get through one two and three before we ever even have a shot at going back to playing music in a live setting anyways we're gonna we're gonna do a my buddy rick borgia is gonna come on and talk to us a little bit about something that look i don't know if you've gone to best buy or tried to get online right now and buy a webcam or buy a uh, video card or anything at this point that had anything to do with going live streaming, it's virtually impossible to get it in any reasonable amount of time because of the amount of people that have been taking this uh, hobby up. Um, just like me, you know, and trying to find some of these equipment, <laughs> 
you know, I, when when this first started in in March, I've always needed to do this just because of my business, but I just didn't. And I kind of just left it up to other people or to work with other people that could do it. And so I, I just made this my my goal was to figure out how to how do you do live streaming? How do you put this stuff out and 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 put it out to different platforms and 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 all that kind of fun stuff. But uh yeah, David said bars open in half open in phase three. Okay. And so I mean I and again I is it is it Nashville gonna is Nashville gonna be with everybody else in the state or are they going to continue to hold Nashville back? No, I think the, the mayor is setting his own pace versus the, what the governor is doing with the rest of the state. So I, I think you're going to see outside Davidson County go back to quote, quote, normal faster than it's, it's going to happen in the metro area. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that, I think it's, is Rick there? You ready for this? You ready? Everybody, Rick Borgia for Technology Today, our Technology Today segment. This guy is a, a Star Trek, no, no, a Star Wars, Star Wars fanatic. Well, Star Wars fanatic. Look at that setup. Oh, it's unbelievable. Look at the look at look at behind him. That's outstanding. <laughs> I mean, it's really the only reason I wanted you on the show today. It's just I really yeah, wanted you wanted that, that, and that's actually true. I mean, to, to everyone that's listening, watching in, I was on a, a Zoom tech support call with Chris, and he was distracted by everything that was going on behind <laughs> me. That's what you it's know. What? I want you to be a guest on my show, and he told me, "Oh, it's because you know tech and all." No, he just wants to geek out over toys. <laughs> it is. I mean. I, I remember having maybe like less than 1% of some of that stuff growing up in the 80s. It's really remarkable. It, it really is. I, I don't want to harp on it. I mean, if I ever make it out to your house, I'd probably, uh, I'll probably steal something. But anyway, so what I want to talk to you today about is a little bit of technology. And you had mentioned, you had mentioned the streaming thing. I mean, it's, it's on every, it's top of mind, like you said. Tell us a little bit, of, tell us a little bit about what people can do to maybe if they want to start into this into this world well absolutely and like yeah like we said it is top of mind because let's face it we can't engage like we're used to we can't be face to face and 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 have that human contact so virtual meetings are now the thing and uh you'd be surprised how many calls and texts and zoom meetings i do a day from just everybody calling saying how do i get this to work or how do i do this even just watching my daughter who's distance learning now and watching the teachers struggling to do what they've been doing in their classroom with their kids now over a computer monitor. And the struggle is real. But the good news is it's, it's not that difficult, but there are best practices to getting it right and there are optimal tools to getting it right. First and foremost, before we're gonna do anything virtual, before we're gonna attempt any kind of webcasting, starts with your internet connection because if, if you don't have the bandwidth if you don't have the juice then you're going to look like an, an 80s atari video game pixelated <laughs> you know just stuttering sounds going to be terrible so you, you got to work on that first before you attempt anything because otherwise uh, an attempt to, to join a webcast or stream out with bad connection is just going to be a bad day for everybody so let's assume that you have the minimum requirements for internet which by the way are roughly about three to five meg. Uh, I always say three meg uh, for standard deaf video, five meg minimum 
for HD video. And that's for every connection that's going to be happening in your house. So that also sets up another best practice. If you've got a, a, a major web meeting on your calendar, the best thing you can do is lock up all of the Netflix users in your house in a room and take away all their toys and don't let them get online. Because the, the worst thing that can happen is you're going to be on a meeting and, you know, my, my kid's trying to watch Twirl's World Tour in the next room and she's blasting that and hogging all the bandwidth. And when you're looking at your internet bandwidth, keep in mind there's two things that you're, it's not just the download because everyone, we're, we're used to, I want a ton of download because I want to watch all the movies. I want all the internets coming in. But you got to pay attention to the upload too because that's you going back out there. So you want to have some decent uploads. Like I said, three to five meg, you're going to spit out some quality, five meg, so you can get a good HD stream out. So talking technology-wise, I always start with sound first. Because as you know, it's you could lose the lights, you could lose the video, but as long as they can still hear you, you still have a connection. On the flip side of that, if you're on a web call and your sound goes out or starts to go out, go bad, that's the first thing that's going to take you away from your audience. Right. Because it doesn't matter what they can see, it doesn't matter how great your lighting is, they can't hear you or it's intermittent, you're going to lose them. And so you and I, we're probably the best sounding guests on your show <laughs> you know, tonight because you've got a great studio mic in front of you, I've got a great studio mic in front of me. This isn't, I, this isn't what I would recommend just their normal webcaster to go get and set up. I happen to have this rig because I had set it up for voiceover work years ago and I just left it set up the desk, but I've got this set up going into a voice processor. So I'm hoping this sounds pretty decent to you sounds guys. Great. I mean, coming across there. I mean, is, is, is that, and before you move on, I mean, you know, some of these uh, USB microphones that, you know, made by blue and, and all these mm -hmm. things that people can buy, are these things worth buying or, or, or is it a waste of money? Oh no, absolutely worth buying because the, the technology to, get you a decent microphone is, is, you know, within a consumer grasp. And I'll demo something for you right now. So right now you're hearing me through this mic. Now, most webcams that you're going to buy have a built-in microphone on it. So if I switch to my webcam mic, okay, now I'm talking through my webcam. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you, you notice there's a dramatic difference there. This is just straight off of the, the microphone that's on the webcam. This is going to be the similar quality to someone just talking on their laptop, which is, probably a good 80% of those video conferences that are going out there today. It's legible. You can hear me, but it definitely didn't have the depth of what, you know, this mic had. Now for $25, you can switch to another uh, microphone. Now let's try this. This is a little USB lavalier mic that I, I bought on Amazon. I'm going to clip that on right there. And I'm, I'm assuming this sounds a little bit better than the webcam. Sure, absolutely. Mic yeah. Because it's in closer proximity to my voice. It's not, you're not uh, feeling the distance from the microphone. And this is within a, a person's grasp. This you can order on Amazon. It's $25. It's a, it plugs in via USB to your computer. It's, it's basically got a little USB sound card on the end of the mic. And it's got a little headphone jack so you can get remote monitoring back as well. So that's with that, that right there is dramatically better than a laptop microphone. So whatever you can do to make sure that you're heard loud and clear uh, and without any kind of issues is going to be uh, really beneficial to you. Now, the good news is I'm going to switch back to the good mic here. The good news is most uh, 
web con conferencing software has built-in noise cancellation in it. Like let's take Zoom for instance that we're talking on right now. Zoom by default has this audio processing built into it that includes your basic uh, echo cancellation. Uh, back in the day when we were doing satellite tours and we're, we're connecting people on one side of the country to the other and we're sending audio feeds back and forth and they need to talk to each other, our audio engineers have to be able to mix, uh, do something called a mix minus where we're, they're sending me the voice from there, I'm sending my voice back to them, but because they're coming into my system, I got to be careful not to send his voice back to him and you get this feedback loop. So that's done through proper mixing board routing. Now in modern web con conference uh, software, that noise cancellation is already built in. The, the software is smart enough to detect that I'm talking right now, so and I'm coming out of your speakers, or in this case, your headphones, but if there were speakers there for your computer, it is able to suppress my voice on your end so that your microphone doesn't pick me up hmm. and send it back to me. There's also very smart noise reduction. So if I'm not talking, but I'm typing, Zoom's algorithms are actually smart enough to suppress that. It knows its keystrokes, and if it's not too loud, it's not going to send it back to you. And then, of course, there's automatic gain control to control the levels of the mic. So, so that's it, built into most web conferencing software. Is that, a, is that an algorithm or a, is, is the algorithm a gate? I mean, is that, isn't that what a gate does, right? Essentially, it, it, it's a gate, but it's, it's a software-based gate that's built in a very simple level into the web conferencing software. This microphone, I, I've got it going into a, a nice Symmetrix 528 voice processor here. So it's got a noise gate. It's got a compressor. Uh, it's got it's a proper preamp. Um, I just like the toys that sure. have that stuff there. But yeah, the Zoom, most web conferencing software has that built in. Somebody asked uh, what the mic was on your chest again because they need it for work. What, what was that again? So this is, uh, I believe the, the brand is Phoenix. But if you, F-I-N-I-X, I can look it up. I'll, I'll even send you the information. But if you go on Amazon, just look up USB lapel mic. It's about $24.99. Uh, bought a whole bunch of these. Uh, because uh, in our company, you know, we're, we produce virtual meetings, and one of the things that we're doing for our clients is packaging presenter support kits that we're sending out to the executives that we're going to virtually conference into their their team, and to ensure the best possible quality and to make sure that there's an even consistency in production value, we're not leaving in them to their devices of what they have in their home office. We're going to send them a proper mic. We're going to send them the best oh, webcam gotcha. possible. We're going to send them a nice ring light. And those were the three, you know, basics. So this was one of the mic. This is the mic that we packaged. I, I had one of it because I wanted to be able to, you know, do a proof of concept test on the quality and everything and, and package that out. So then we, that's audio. We talk about video now. So I'm using a um, shameless brand, you know, plug, but I'm using a Logitech Brio. This is one of the best consumer-based webcams out there. It's a 4K camera, which right now, most webcasting software isn't pushing stuff in 4K, but... I like that it has the 4K sensor built into the camera because what that does is it gives me the ability to, to change, you know, the framing in my shot. Like, for instance, by default, I turn it on, it's at a 65 degree framing, but on the fly, I can switch it and, you know, pull it out. I got plenty of pixel space to do that. Pull it out even 90 or now you can see all of my toys here, you know, I can zoom in manually. And then when you zoom in, because I have all those pixels, I can pan around through the software if you want to get a look, good look at the toys that are there and there's Darth Vader and all that in there. <laughs> so it really, real whoa, hard. Whoa, whoa, Rick. Come on, back it up a little bit. Whoa, golly. <laughs> I'm a little close. That's <laughs> HD. Ah. So uh, 
a great camera. Now, here's the thing. You you touched on it right when you teed up this segment, is that everyone webcasting is top of mind. Everyone's engaging the virtual market. The unfortunate thing about that is technology that we would normally have at the ready through Amazon is now hard to come by. And now you're going to you know, pay a premium for it. This webcam uh, normally retailed for about $160. Now it's about twice that to get this webcam right now. And you can't get it through the normal retailers uh, like Amazon or Best Buy. You know, I, I needed to order like four of these last week. And the only place I could get them in a decent amount of time was on eBay. Brand new, people had gobbled them up and now they're selling them at a little bit of premium. Even the, uh, the, the capture cards, you know, you and I talked earlier yeah. today, uh, the Blackmagic Decklink cards, uh, the, the, the switchers, all that stuff is selling at a premium right now. It's all, if you go to the normal retailers like B&H and Adorama and places like that, they're all backordered because the demand is so high. Uh, but you can get them, eBay, third-party sellers, but they're going to charge a premium on that. So you got your grid audio, you've got your good <laughs> camera. The last thing is we want to see that that Chris Weaver face. We want to see the <laughs> That's the last thing you want we to want see. We want to see the hair product. So you need good lighting. And and the lighting, uh, you know, it's more than just turning on a light because that can introduce its own problems. If it's too bright, you might get odd shadows. If your camera angle's weird, you'll get spaces under your eyes. So you want to have your light direct on so it's a nice even wash. Uh, we sent out ring lights. Uh, you've probably seen them. It, literally, it's a, it's a ring of light, and it's on a little flexible gooseneck, and it's powered by USB. It was the best thing that we could send out to presenters. It's got a flexible gooseneck with a clamp, and they can plug into the computer, powers it on, and this ring light, again, uh, you know, available on Amazon, thank God. It's about $25, $30, fully dimmable, and you can change the color temperature of the light. So depending upon you know, if you have a, a window in your room bringing sunlight in, I'll show you an example here. Like right now I have it on, uh, on a warmer setting, but if I switch it to more of a colder setting to offset the, the time of day or really warm if it's really blue in there, but I just go to a more natural look here and then fully dimmable. And then the reason it's a ring is because you can take that light and place it this over is the lens of your camera to the point where it's out of frame and it's in the best position to lighten up. Technology. <laughs> yeah, we're having a problem with it right now. Yeah, I I just finally got this 18 inch ring light thing. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it, it, it does give the room a glow. I'd have these in all my house for lamps. Yeah, right. It, it diffuses very naturally. It's not too harsh. Uh, looks good but the way you have it set up there. So hey, so speaking of technology, uh, you know, I I made something for you uh, for you because I want you to be on the show uh, on on the reg right. Look, Rick's going to get it. Look, the 4K's hitting really nice right now. Rick, what what can you tell people that their internet isn't that great but they still have to try to work from it? Is is there any any salvation for those people? Sure, pair pair your cell phone. You know, uh these days most most uh, you know, uh LTE connections uh are able to to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm really excited. I'm and personally I'm I'm really honored that you would you know, consider me to be a part of the show in this way. And uh, I look forward to the to coming in and geeking out on some Well, I want to run one thing because you brought something to light to me that I, it interested me before you go. Can you bring up that clip, Parker? Hey, I have a question, Rick, while he's, while he's pulling that up. Did you get a yeah. chance to see any of the uh, 
the virtual NFL draft, like all the production the that went into that. Oh, yeah. The UFO. Yeah. So what did, what did you think yeah. about that, like everything that went into that? Well, you got to figure they what they have at stake. I mean, what was it? The, the sports industry was set to lose, was it uh, $60 billion or something like that? Uh, in revenue because of the loss of, of games. So they, they've got to pull out all stops, put the production value, keep people engaged. Uh, you guys were talking earlier about baseball. I chatted in the little comment stream there, but I read on the news today that the MLB is looking at starting uh, a, an abridged season in June, possibly late June, and they're going to take both leagues, combine it into one league with three divisions. Oh, it's the Pentagon stuff. Yeah. I had that. I had that. In, it's on my list to talk to you about well i'm gonna play this video yeah play it i have it queued up on my computer too <laughs> oh my but God. this is the coolest thing because in light of everything that was going on with the virus all of a sudden you know and behind the scenes hey the pentagon just released you know video footage of ufos <laughs> how crazy is that look at this i mean and these guys are talking about we can hear them but they're talking yeah, about how, how fast it's rotating. It, yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable. It's but this isn't the yeah. government saying that they they're saying that there's UFOs, right? This is basically what happened. Is okay. So I just showed there, but this footage is about 16 years old. And uh, it was it was actually before the Pentagon released it. It was released to a, a private uh, organization started by one of the guys from Blink 182. And uh, they got the footage, and so the Pentagon said, you know, it it doesn't affect us to release this. It doesn't uh, give away any classified secrets. Might as well put it out there. So uh, they don't give a crap that you believe now. now, I mean, is this, is this, are they saying that there's UFOs, other planets? That's not what they're saying. They're just saying these are some things we don't know what they are. Exactly. That's exactly what they're saying. They, they, They wouldn't go so far as to say, this is definitely an alien. This is definitely, uh, you know, an extraterrestrial. What they are saying is, we have this footage. We don't know what it is, but what we can tell you is that it doesn't behave like any aircraft in the world right now. So do with that what you will. So, Chris, before I go, do you remember when we first met in person? Seventy-four, at the Nixon debate. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I- you know, I, I. I been traveling out to Nashville once a month. I live on the West Coast, but our company is out there. And so I, prior to all this craziness happening, it was typically about once a month that I would come out there. And I remember, you know, your first guest on the show, David, my boss, longtime friend, uh, he said, I met this incredible musician, this incredible band. We got to go see him. He's playing across the street from our condo. You know, when I'm in town, I stay with him in the village. <laughs> yeah. And so he said, yeah, let, we're going to go see a band. And I, I'm brand new to Nashville. I'm thinking we're going to go to some big music joint or whatever. Like, no, it's, we can walk right across the street. So we're walking across the street and we walk into a clothing store. I'm like, what? This is where, this is where the band? It's like, yeah, there's a band everywhere. Oh like, my God. Two old hippies. That's right. Two old hippies. I walked in, walked past some very expensive clothes. <laughs> and there you were. There you were. In the God, that's boy. That was a rough corner. day. That was a rough night. You played two old hippies. Yeah, but it was like a, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be for like a showcase. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't playing covers, but oh my God, that's right. That was a rough one. I think you got, I think you two were the only ones there. No, no, no. You had, I mean, all the seats were taken. And well, there's only four seats, it, Rick. It was, 
It was it was a great show, and I, I I walked away from it the way David did and say, "Wow, this guy's got a lot of stage presence. He's got personality. But I think we could do something with him." And of oh course, yeah, they did it. They did, oh my God, yeah, he definitely did something with it. <laughs> David Fischetti, Rick, technology today—that's the segment. That's what I'm calling it. Yep. If you like, so every week I will I will. Roll out table with some fun tech stuff. That's what I'm hoping. And we'll geek out. And I, and I would like, I'd like, you know, now I would like one more. I'd like a UFO thing every week too on my desk. Some, some way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And some then when way. I do the UFO segment, I'll put. Yeah. Please put that on. Yes. Holy Please shit. Snikes. I mean, that is, that's a different ball you know, game. I, I have a full set of armor and, uh, and the sad thing is the minute I put it on, the first thing I hear is, aren't you a little short to be a sweet <laughs> Ah, never. Tom Cruise is five foot five. Is he really five foot five? He's if, like if you, Stallone height. dude. If you uh, research actors, male act. Shut up. <laughs> if you research male actors, they're they're all under six foot. The the big male, uh, the big male. Uh, what is it? The action stars. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone's like four foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's some that's some cinematic magic. Right it's there. unbelievable. The lifters and it's I unbelievable. Tom Cruise is that short. Five I like five. I love him. Even when he's standing yeah. on a box to do a movie, I don't give a crap. Yeah, <laughs> Rick, yeah, I love for you. Sure, I love you. Love you too, man. Uh, take care. Be safe out there. I'll look forward to the next time I, I can be in Nashville and and you know break a six foot barrier and hug you. But you until bet. Then, hey, listen. Until then, emoji, emoji style. Emoji. Hey, caring. Care. Everybody, Rick Borgia with technology today. We love you. We'll see you next week. I think Parker finally got it. Did you get it, Parker? Tell everybody. Talk talk to them. People don't think you exist. I get in trouble when, when you don't say stuff in the microphone. I got to tell my kids, use your words. He's got use so much going on over there, but he's had so much time this time. I've given him so much to work with. He don't care. He, Parker doesn't give any, any shits. None given. I think we have to have the uh, cakes picture of the day. Cakes. Is that something else Parker has to do? Yeah. Get the cakes picture up. It's clip uh, what, Clip 10. Clip 10. Oh, shit. You can have it. Clip 10. This is the cakes picture of the day. This is, if you're feeling down, look at that. Huh? If you're feeling down, I have a dog that's half dog, half rabbit. There you go. It's going to... That'll change your life. That'll change your life. Man, I'll tell you what. That setup Rick had, that was. That's no that, joke. That, I mean, that that's display? why he's the technology guy. No, I mean the display behind him. I mean, that's incredible. I don't have anything in my life displayed like that. <laughs> oh my, there's, so many, there's so many things I want to say right now. The WHO is, is an enigma. No question about it. But the New World Order is always interesting to no, talk about. I mean, this is something I am an Illuminati. Uh, what is it? Freemasons, Illuminati. I love it. I love all this stuff. And I did not realize uh, when I looked up conspiracies, because this next segment uh, that I would like to call uh, conspiracy corner, conspiracy corner. So, I did not realize uh, 
the controversy with the Denver airport. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this is a... the, The fact that this stuff exists, and you know it exists, but then when you actually see it and people have dove into it and and turned the you know and made it a thing the new world order is a group of uh, con- theoretically a group of international elites who have come together to build and try to make one uh, government one one form of government throughout the world it's been it's years 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 the federal reserve system was was kind of based on this skull and bones idea. And, and if you really look at the world banks and, and that is a discussion that I definitely want to have at some point in time, how the world banks work, because you know, the Illuminati are supposed to own uh, 14 of the 15 world banks and come to find out that it's pretty much all uh, somebody else writing a check and that there's no money backing anything that is written by the, by these people. It's really fascinating, but, but anyway. Well, if you look at money in general, you see Freemason signs all over money. That's right. And you see Freemason signs. I mean, well, we'll get to this first, but let, let's, the first thing we want to talk about, what, what, what clip were you on here? Uh, is the, is uh, the first thing that I want to talk about the Denver airport. We're going to break this down in just a little bit. This mural, bring up the mural. Where, where's the mural? So, so, so the, the paintings in this place are, are ridiculous. This, I mean, look at this. There's three dead women in a caskets. There, there's one of them has a, a, a Nazi soldier that has a, a, a gas mask and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and is holding a rifle running. What is, what is that? Do we only have the one picture? I mean, the other one with all the pe- different people that look like the, you know, the, the great, what is it? The the what was it? German? What was it, the Nazis? I mean, it, it's yeah. a lot of Nazi symbolism and a lot of. I mean, can you? What, I mean, we'll get to it. I mean, I don't because we got to do them in order, Parker. Yeah, the next thing is is this freaking thirty three foot horse called Blucifer, as, as it's nicknamed. It killed its creator. The guy was putting it. The, the guy was setting it up, and it falls on him and kills him. I mean, look at this thing. Why would you even, who wants to look at that going into the, this does not make me feel comfortable about flying. It's pretty badass looking though, I'm not going to lie. This is the most interesting part. I mean, I, I you don't, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this in your, in your hometown, it, it, the, the, the Mason's Lodge. Look at this thing. And if you add 1994 together, you get 33 which is the date that this thing was dedicated and it's the highest level of a mason you can ha- you can possibly attain and it's made by the new order that's who who commission who, commission new world order air new world airport commission what the hell is that is it i, I mean and there's these symbol symbolism all over this airport. Look at this thing. There's nothing about this airport that makes me want to get on a plane. I mean, just to get away from the horse. Do, do you have a picture of the runway? That's what we're getting to. Okay, okay. I mean, the Nazi symbolism is ridiculous. I mean, show them. Here's the, here's the damn runway. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? 
It looks like a swastika. Now, I will say, the people that made this said that this allows you to use the runway. So people that are listening, if you're just listening, this thing is shaped like a swastika. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But if you can picture it, you got the center hub, and then you got four independent runways that can be used simultaneously no matter what. And that is kind of interesting because it is all airports have different runway patterns, which is really kind of extremely weird if you think about it. It seems like there's be one great way to make an airport. This thing's huge, 53 square miles. It's got five stories below it that have been numbered, you know, uh, that have been rumored to have made for elites and I mean it's just concentration camp. Concentrate a FEMA concentration camp. Um there's a do you have any pictures of the uh the stuff on the floors? No, we did, we decided against it because it was too it didn't make any sense. What what are you what are you seeing? Well, I, I went after we talked today, I went I got through part of a documentary, but there was a uh there is a cart in, that's drawn on the floor and it has the letters A U A G in the cart, which apparently according to this documentary I was watching um, part of the uh, this whole new world order thing is population control, and there this one guy was saying that apparently the AUAG is somehow like a deadly is describes a deadly virus that would be oh the, the, like a different sort of uh, hepatitis yes that would be that could kill everybody yes yes like to limit population. I mean, I, I, I'm not a, I am a conspiracy, theor- a conspiracy theorist. I am. I love it. I think it's the freaking neatest thing ever because it makes you think. And then you realize you see some of this stuff and you're, and you're like, God, that could happen. That could be for real. But then there's always some doofus. It's like, but this is what this could be. And it changes everything and ruins it all. I mean, it's just like the federal government coming out with this, this, you know, shitting, uh, what the hell, the the, air, the 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 UFOs. We're not gonna. We're just gonna declassify this stuff and put it out there. These we've never seen anything like it. We don't know what the hell it is. There's not aliens. We're not saying there's aliens, but what is this? I don't. Are you kidding me? Look, I'm just saying it's it's a really good time uh, to to pull a CYA move and to go. Hey, we, we threw it out there. We, we told you. It's just because you were paying attention to the other hand. It's not our fault. <laughs> well, I mean, it's very true. I, the, I, I, again, the human mind, in my opinion, obviously, 99% of the people in this population can only, you can't, so, it, it, you have to almost say, so what? Right? What are you going to do? If the federal government come out right now and said, there's aliens, and they're flying around us all the time. What do you? I mean, okay. Well, what are you going to do about it? Not a damn thing. You got to. I mean, COVID would stick you inside before an alien would. So the the other thing is, you know, as as somebody who worked in government for a while, I mean, there's things that that we as the general population, number one, don't need to know, but number two, we don't want to know. Like, That's right. Why would you want to know these things that all they're going to do is screw up your life because every single thing, it's going to make you think about it 
every single time you turn around. And you're going to alter your life drastically just because you know it exists now. Right. I mean, you can't do that. And that, that that's, and I think that, you know, to end on the conspiracy uh, corner for this week, but I think that that's what we're learning with COVID is, is that you cannot jump on stuff until you take some time because we definitely don't feel like now we did a month and a half ago when this first thing started. And I think a- learning about an alien, whatever the case is, we can talk about that next time. But this was Conspiracy Corner, the Denver Airport. So last night with the Chris Weaver Band live from the sectional, uh, our sponsors, uh, we have some sponsors that we give away stuff. And tonight, great sponsors, by the way, great I mean. sponsors. Let's you got you got that slide, uh, Parkster. But we're giving away a, a radio, a nice radio. It's a six hundred fifty dollar value on this radio um, from Sony Mobile, Aurora Vitamin Package. Uh, and what else would we give it away? Whiskey. Whiskey. Bottle of Guidance Whiskey. That's right. And then some hats and t-shirts. Let's go ahead and pull the pull pull the name with the radio. Pull the name with the radio. Start with a radio? Oh, do, should we wait till last? I mean, I would start like I mean, value-wise, not that anything is okay. more value. Good point. Yeah. All right, I'll take I'll take I'll take you that. All right. So here's what we'll do. We'll start with We'll start with... Um, How about your brand new sponsors? I mean... All right. Let's do it with the va- va- vitamin package. Vitamin package. Speaking of package. Move. So this is, uh, this is a giveaway from the boys from Electromedia, which also sell Hertz Audison uh, car stereos and, and amplifiers. Go ahead. Pull the name. Pull the name. The name has been pulled. All right. Who is it? Who is it? It is Brandy Taft. Brandy Taft. Brandy like Taft. The President Taft. Brandy Taft. All right. You think she's Kenyan? No. That's the vitamins. So now we're going to do the whiskey. Whiskey. Boy, I'll tell you what. Do we have to make sure that they're 21? Do we have yeah, to make I mean, I think illegally you kind of obligate. I don't to. care. I just don't care anymore. They're shipping weed in the, in, in the mail now. Everybody, all over the place. Weeds everywhere. It's unbelievable. I mean, not that I do weed, but I mean, I, when I did buy it do the weed. other day. <laughs> what? I don't do weeds. It's, what am I supposed to do with that? I, I have, I've just never heard that terminology before. I mean. I don't understand. It's a drug. Yeah. You, I, I mean, don't do weed. Okay. All right. Okay. Ex- I'm going to announce except the when winner I do it. for the, uh, I'm going to announce the winner for the uh, whiskey. Okay. Now. Let's, uh, Brett. Lind, L-I-N-D. Okay. Hope I'm saying that correctly. It is now. It, um, yeah. He's not here to defend himself. Well. All right. So that's a bottle of Guidance whiskey. We're give we've given away. What, and are now. Are you giving away hats or anything? I am, but I'm not. We don't have to draw those. Oh, okay. This is for the the stereo. Car stereo. Six hundred and fifty dollar value from Sony Mobile. You got me one of these for my birthday. I did. Before they were even a sponsor. I right? did. I did. I did. That's, Really Who won the radio? Um, Teresa Cunningham picks up the radio. Teresa. T-E-R-E-S-A. Teresa. I got you. I got you. What's her last name? Cunningham. Cunningham. Okay. Wasn't that Happy Days? Cunningham. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, there it is. That's last night. So make sure you watch Chris Weaver Band live from the sectional. And we'll... 
hook you guys up with uh, stereos, hats, T-shirts, all kinds of different shit. It's going to be great. And tonight, I'll give away a vitamin package if anybody wants one. First person to call in, I'll give you a, a, a package of vitamin C, lipic acid, and glutathione sent Wait, right to your that freaking house. Was the first house. thing we gave away? No, that was for last night. This is oh, tonight. For, oh, we're doing a twofer. That's right. I like that. So, my buddy Greg, I told him I'm gonna I want to do a song of the week, and it's a song that you know if you got a song of the week that you want to show us, just send it in. Uh, you can send it into uh, what can you send it into? What can we send it into? I got to get that ding the uh, ding. Uh, you don't have an email address for this thing. That's what I got to get. Oh, uh, you know what? That's a good point. You can you can <laughs> send it into the Facebook. That's what we'll do. You can message the Facebook at the uh, HVV. Uh, Facebook, HVV cast, and in, in, uh, a little Dropbox link there. Yeah, yeah, and you can send it to me, and we'll play your song of the uh, of the week. Uh, also, I'd like to thank uh, Parker for being our producer tonight, and Chad Bearden of the Chad Bearden Band sitting in with us. Uh, you know, talking entertainment, doing some stuff. I enjoyed this. It's kind of like we had our little radio show. Here. No, it's very it's very enjoyable, and that's yes. what I keep telling everybody. If you had something you really wanted to do. Who is this, Parker? What do we got? This is a call. This is going to win some vitamins. Hello. You're on how valid is the validity. Who am I speaking with? Who is this? Talk to me. I'll fire Parker right now if the, if this person doesn't talk. Oh, well, he said they dropped. Talk to me, Goose. Talk. To, call back really quick. Can we call him? It's over. It's over. That guy doesn't even have a chance at the vitamins anymore. It was, it was probably a... A uh, a butt dial, anyways. It could have been a butt dial. Are you calling him back? Oh, that's my mom. Yeah, she can't. <laughs> oh, she's texting. I got you. I got you. Are you calling him back? Oh, yeah, I'm calling you back. It's John Fells. Oh, I, John. you don't want vitamins, do you, John? Hey, I'm listening, bro. I need everything I can. I'm an old man. Do you want? Would you like to have the vitamin package? No, no, no. It's going to cost more than the ship it to California. So, plus, I'll probably have to pay a gift tax. Oh, my God. Listen, if you call in, if anybody calls in that isn't John, I'll give you free vitamins. All right? Does anybody give a shit about their health? <laughs> there you go, cousin. Cousin. We're related. Yeah, I know. Family and friends don't count. Oh, my God. Yeah, your mom is asking for the vitamins. I'm not yeah, sending my mother go. any vitamins. She's she's radiant without them. She doesn't even need them. I'm not putting her on here. I'll never get her off. I have to oh, call look after. how sweet your dad is. Chad was a big addition. I don't know if he's talking about my weight or oh, just wow. like my contribution. <laughs> I mean, I'm working on it, Mr. Weaver. I'm working That's on it. great. Oh, what a good one. What a good one. John, thanks for calling. Hey, well, but I mean, I got to be honest no with you, John. Worries. When yeah, I when I, I tell people it. to call for vitamins, I don't expect you to call for. Get him out of here. Get him off the phone. Uh, hey, all right, kids, use protection, huh? Oh my oh. God, get him off. Get him off. All right, all you cool cats. God Almighty, what the uh, hell is wrong with these people? This is why you can't have. You got to have a call screener. You got to have a call screener. He said he was from California. Yeah, he's from California, all right. Rob's done. I texted him. He's 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 over it. He don't want to have anything to do with this anymore. 
Well, it looks like your mom's getting some vitamins. All right, whatever. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. No, I don't want you to call her. <laughs> oh. oh, your dad said, I make you sound better. I don't know if that's because I sound really bad, so it makes you sound really good. I don't. I, I mean, I do have a, that Alabama accent thing going on. So I mean, I, I just got to be honest with you. I didn't care about his opinion when I lived with him, and I, I definitely don't care about it now. Chris, I've I've witnessed you call your dad at three thirty in the morning because you value what he says. <laughs> Hi. Oh, this doesn't help my street cred. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I, you better say goodbye to Parker. This is the last time he's going to be on the show. <laughs> oh, Don't hang up, Parker. We're into it now. You never, let a per- you never let a person's mother get on the damn phone with him. That does not, nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Look, for, I've never got to tell you this, Miss Weaver, but just for the record, every time he wants to call you when he's, just had say a really it. Good night. Just say it. When he's had a few to drink. When I do weed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to talk him out of it every time. I'm like, really? You're going to call your parents at 3.30, 4.30 in the morning, your time. Yeah, he and I get on the phone. We have a pretty good time. Look, if I call my dad at 4.30 morning, I better need a kidney transplant. <laughs> <laughs> because if not, I'm going to have a bullet wound the next day. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I got to be honest with you. I, this is not why I made this show. All right. This is not. This is. Hey, well, you said anybody could call in, so I thought, what the heck? Yeah, you would classify as anybody. That's that's very true. If I on there, turn yeah. it on. No, you can't turn it on, Mom. <laughs> Get her off. Get her off. God. Almighty. That's all they do now is sit and laugh at each other. Mom farts and dad just snickers and falls asleep and drools. They drool a lot. I got my mom. Uh, we, she opens up her Christmas gift this year and she's like, oh, this is a great tablecloth. And I'm like, mom, it's not a tablecloth. It's a napkin. <laughs> I thought you bought them all Skechers. I was with you. Uh, you made me carry the boxes. Chad, this is not working out. <laughs> So tonight we, I feel like you know, we talked to Ari Nesma from Deggy Entertainment. We got Rick Borgia for our Technology Today segment. We got a Conspiracy Corner segment, a Song of the Night. That's what we're going to leave on. I think. Thank you for uh, paying attention uh, for those that tuned in tonight, and then for all you uh, hairy, hairy dudes and and gals on the podcast. You uh, are watching and listening to how valid is the validity. From Nashville, Tennessee, I'm going to take you out with uh, a band that my buddy Greg uh, is is uh, told us about, uh, Northern Gold, with uh, a song called "Searching." We'll see you next time, next week, with another. And listen, if you're going to drink uh, Clorox, remember, do it a lot and do it fast. Love you. We'll see you next time on How Valid is the validity.